Welcome to the Base CS podcast, where we explore the basics of computer science concepts. I'm your host, Saran, founder of Code Newbie. And I'm Vaidehi Joshi, author and developer. And she is the brilliant mind behind the Base CS blog series. Today, we're talking about cues, again, but in real life. This season of Base CS is brought to you by Dev Discuss. Dev Discuss is a show I work on with the team at Dev, an international supportive community for developers. The show addresses the many burning topics that pop up on Dev every day and is hosted by Jess Lee and Ben Halper, two of Dev's co-founders. Past episodes have included unpopular opinions with Kelsey Hightower, staff developer advocate at Google Cloud and a legendary voice in tech. So an unpopular opinion should be like, computers were a mistake. Was, <laughs> was this all worth it? And how changing your name is a difficult, unsolved, and sometimes personally devastating problem in tech. I basically walk through this world through this minefield of not knowing when I'm going to have this like sort of deep emotional wound reopened. As well as how little known tools can have big productivity gains. And I think it gives me the sense of structure, which I really enjoy. And also you can color code different things. Each episode features interesting guests from diverse backgrounds who are active in the software space. This podcast is your place for burning tech questions, answers, and genuine conversations. And we also end each episode with commentary from the everyday developers who call Dev home. You'd be surprised how many things making music and coding have in common. True to the Dev community, Dev Discuss wouldn't be possible without the input from all of you. So listen, rate, and subscribe to Dev Discuss wherever you get your podcasts. So last episode, we talked about cues and how they are a lot like linked lists, but different in, in pretty specific and important ways. And one of the main differences, maybe the most important difference, is that they operate on a first-in, first-out principle instead of the last-in, first-out principle that stacks use. So FIFO is for cues. LIFO is for stacks. But today, we're going to talk about where we can actually see them in real life. So when I think about cues and, you know, all that you taught me last episode as a Ruby developer, as a Rails developer, the obvious place that I've seen them in real life that I could think of anyway is job scheduling, right? When I have like a bunch of emails I need to send out and I know there's like a job scheduler thing and there there's like a, a queue of emails and it gets processed, you know, yep. one after the other. That's what I'm most familiar with. Is that generally how uh, it works? Yeah, that's definitely a great real life example of a queue. And I think actually like that was kind of my first introduction to like, oh, this is like a queue structure in real life. Um, and I kind of talked about that in <laughs> the last episode, yeah. but it does like stem further than that. And it makes sense why from a job scheduler perspective, you can think about like, oh, okay, I need to execute one job at a time and I'm going to run mm -hmm. all these jobs separately, usually like in a separate thread so I don't hold up things in my application. And if you think about the fact that a queue follows FIFO, first in, first out, then you're like, all right, every single job that I enqueue, I'll add it to the queue and then remove it and then run it until the entire queue is empty and all my jobs are done. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a very good standard example. It's a great, like, it's a great way to kind of wrap your head around why queues exist because that's, that's like a great real life example. 
Yeah, and when I think about queues and their place in web app development and, and software in general, I think the back end feels like a very obvious place, right? That's where these, you know, processes happen and there are all these, you know, lines of things that need to happen and they get processed and all that. So that feels like a an obvious part of the product development world where mm-hmm. they would exist, you know, the back end. But when I think about front end, I can't really think of a place where, like, a queue would make sense. Are there a lot of queues in the front-end side of things? Ah, it's very interesting you say that. There are. (laughs) (laughs) They're actually hidden everywhere. And it's funny because, like you, I I never thought about the front-end being very computer science-y or, like, you know, where would you even have a queue? You know, it's like you you just don't think about it existing. but. Front-end development is so complicated when you start thinking about all the things that have to happen. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much you've worked with CSS animations or uh, animations using jQuery. Not much. I haven't done it that much. But animations are really hard. Like, it's just hard in general mm-hmm. from a code perspective. Mm-hmm. But then you start looking at, like, how it actually works under the hood. And then you realize, oh, this is even more complicated. Because it turns out jQuery's API uses queues in order to actually create its animations. And the way that it does it is that it basically has a queue and it has a series of functions that are run asynchronously. And all of these functions are like executed and called upon some element on your page in the document object model, the DOM. So basically it's like calling one function and then it's calling another one and then it's calling another one. And the way that it does this, the way that it keeps track of like what to call and when to call it is that it builds mm-hmm. up a queue of steps. And those steps are like how mm. the jQuery API transitions from one CSS value to another one. And it does it like in this very systematic order. And we don't necessarily know that that's what's happening, but it's doing that under the hood and it creates this really smooth animation. But it's really just like pulling off things from the queue. So is this specific to animations? Is that the the main application? Well, I know that the jQuery API uses it in order to execute animations, but it Mm. doesn't even have to be like for animations. It exists all within JavaScript actually, which is kind of cool. So every single JavaScript runtime has something called a message queue. And whenever you have JavaScript in the browser, it's running functions in some sort of order. And the way that it decides what order to run and which function to call is it Mm -hmm. goes through the queue and it pulls off the first thing in the message queue and it executes the function that's associated with that item. And what's pretty cool, and this is where like we start to see all these computer science things work together, is that when it pulls off the first thing from the queue, JavaScript is like, oh, cool, I got to run this (laughs) thing. This is like at the front of the queue. I'm going to take this. What is it? It's a function. All right, I'm going to execute this function. And we know from previous episodes that whenever you have functions that you execute, you create something called a stack frame. So basically, JavaScript Mm, is like, all right, I'm going to go through this queue and I'm going to build a stack from this queue based on the things I want to run and the functions I'm calling. Worlds colliding. Yeah, it's so cool. That's awesome. And it's interesting because you have two, two data structures that are kind of working in harmony together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When JavaScript's runtime, um, when its stack frame is empty, 
then it's like, all right, I'm going to go pull the next mm -hmm. thing from the queue. And I'm just going to keep pulling things from mm -hmm, the top of my mm -hmm. queue, build up my stack frame. When it finishes executing, pull the next thing. And that's just how like how it's running everything. And you think about all the things that happen in your browser at any time, any type wow. of asynchronous web app, which most web apps these days are doing pretty complicated things on the front end. It's doing so many things at once using two different data structures that have to kind of like talk to each other. Okay, so we have queues in the back end. We got queues in the front end. Where else can we find queues? It turns out that like our individual machines, it's more specifically the software that's running our operating system, it's dealing with its own set of queues. And usually it's dealing with not just one, but like lots of levels of queues. So this is something... Mm -hmm. Usually your machine will have to do lots of different things at once. Like it needs to it needs to probably keep a bunch of applications open and maybe it needs to sync with something else. Maybe it needs to like receive a notification. Maybe it's also like you're playing a game and it's got like different things and it's also got to stay on. And it's like all these different things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, it <laughs> it's is busy. busy. <laughs> <laughs> um, but what your uh, machine has to do on a system level is it needs to – process different queues, but it needs to also do something more complicated, which is it needs to figure out which queue is most important. Mm. Hmm. If it had to decide, like, should I sync? Should I get this notification? Or should I make sure your game doesn't crash? Like, it probably wanna, wants to make sure your game doesn't crash. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's an important game. <laughs> so what we have on our operating systems is not just one queue, but we have something called multi-level queues. And usually they're multi-level priority queues. Oh. And the reason that there's like this concept of priority is because the moment you have more than one queue, how does your machine know, hey, what do I, which of these do I care about? Like, do I just do them both? Because you're telling yeah. me I need to process each of these one at a time, but how do I know? So what you do is you assign a level of importance to each queue, which is its priority. So like for job scheduling on a system level, you probably have high priority queues, which might be something like a system process. Mm -hmm. And then you'll have like more low priority queues, which would be like things that kind of happen in the background or things that happen on batches of things, which I don't even know that much about, but mm -hmm. I do know it's a thing that exists. And so usually your computer will prioritize um, on a system level, I need to do system level processes first, handle the items in that queue first, and then do something that's probably more interactive. So like interactive processes that are jobs that are ready to be run, but not super important. And then if there's nothing there to do, then move on to anything that's in my background process queue. And if there's nothing there to do, then do batch processes. Okay, so when we're talking about processes on the system level, is that like when I run top in my terminal and I see like the list or if I look at activity monitor and see the list of processes, is that what we're talking about? It probably is uh, one level, one priority yeah. level. Um, and you're seeing like what are the things that your system is running right now and like what's eating up the most, you know, mm -hmm. space or time or energy. But that is telling you that it's like, hey, I'm handling this thing in some priority queue right now. Mm. It might not always be clear like what priority it is because it's probably doing other things, you know, at the same time because it's never just handling like one thing at a time. It's balancing a lot of different things. Interesting. Okay, so that is within my one machine running a bunch of different processes and and clearly mm -hmm. that gets very complicated. 
But what about when machines have to talk to each other? Oh, that's that's an even better example of cues. I think we just like we start zooming out and we see we start seeing how like cues are not just background thing or like a front end thing. They're just everywhere. We're like far away from that deli we started with. (laughs) (laughs) We're in a different galaxy. Uh, This is like a whole different type of deli. When you think about something like um, the Cyber Monday deals, like the number of people who go on to like Amazon to buy – I don't even know what they're buying. Bagels. Oh, my God. I would Cyber Monday bagels. Yeah, right? (laughs) If I could Cyber Monday bagels from New York, I would love that. I miss them so much. West Coast problems. Anyways, yes, say we're uh, all we're both cyber mondaying some bagels. Mm-hmm. And the problem is that you and I both log on and we're both like the first ones as soon as it, you know, as soon as it's midnight, we're like we want to be the first ones to get the deal. And we think about the fact that you and I both like go to order this and we both send requests and we're both sending them to probably Amazon's application server somewhere, probably on the West Coast since mm-hmm. that's where we both are. But the server is going to receive both of our requests. And it's like, how how does it decide, should I take Saran's or should I take Vitae's? Take mine. You just whisper to it. Yep, just whisper gently and then it'll do whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> well, unfortunately, or fortunately for me, that's not how it works. <laughs> um, the way that it actually decides how to handle which request is it basically creates a queue. And mm. the moment that your request and my request are both sent from our machines like to the application and enters their system, it starts this process of request queuing. And Mm. it creates something called an incoming request queue where it's like, all right, every single request that comes to me, I'm going to create a little queue of them and then I'm just going to work my way through them. And so say it receives yours first and then mine, it will take your request, add it to the front of the queue, and -hmm. then take mine and then add it behind and in queue it. And then it'll start processing and working its way through the queue. So it'll create another queue and it'll be like, all right, I'm going to process Saran's request for bagels first. And then I'm going to process Vitahees. And then it's going to create an outgoing request queue where it'll be like, all right, this request has been processed. Her huh. order has been placed. Yeah. She bought all 50 bagels. Now Vitahee doesn't get any. <laughs> <laughs> and your request is sent back. Uh-huh. And so it's creating these little queues and that's how it creates this procedure of handling a request as it enters, and it's not just doing it haphazardly, it's like doing it very systematically, but it's just using a queue structure to do it under the hood. Yeah. I love how it has proof of its work. You know, it's like mm. it has like receipts for everything. It's like, okay, this has been handled. <laughs> Look at here's the proof, here's the evidence. You know, don't don't get mad at me. She bought all the bagels, Vitahee. There's nothing I could have done. So yeah, I like that. Interesting. And again, like it mimics so much of the real world, right? You get in a line in a real deli, you buy your, you know, your bagels or whatever it is, and you get a receipt and then, you know, you, you've proved that it's been processed and finished. Very good. Yeah. Cool. Except in this one, you don't have to put on real pants and go to the deli. Uh, you can just buy it from Amazon, apparently. Mm-hmm. I haven't actually tried this. I, I want to see if I was going to say, we're do... making this entire thing up. I, I don't actually know if, that's, if, <laughs> if there is an, a bagel option for Amazon. But if there isn't, there should be. There should be. If there anyone's listening, be. you should hop on that. <laughs> and then please send us free bagels. Yes. <laughs> this is all just a ploy to get free bagels. That's that's what this whole thing is for. It is. It, it is interesting, though, what you said about mimicking real life because – We joke about the bagel thing, but, like, you start thinking about, like, you know, Cyber Monday or, like, you know, sometimes people will bid crazy amounts of money for things on eBay. And 
being able to handle that in like a logical way is so important because it's like real money and it's like, mm-hmm. you know, it's like really yeah, important real money. <laughs> <laughs> really complicated things where you have like two things racing together to like try to be handled and like a server or a system or mm-hmm. a job scheduler or even just an animation API. All of them have to know like, I need to know how to handle this and I need to know mm-hmm. how to handle it in an ordered way. Otherwise, I'm just a computer. I just do what you tell me. Mm-hmm. So we have like- We need some rules, some structure. Yeah. We luckily have cues to create some structure for us for that. And that is the end of today's show. If you liked what you heard, please leave us a review and make sure to check out Vitahee's blog post about cues at Cues in Real Life. Link to that is in the show notes. Also, make sure to take a listen to the Dev Discuss podcast that I help make. It's the first original podcast from Dev, a global community of software developers of all backgrounds and experience levels. And the show covers burning topics that impact the daily lives of programmers and beyond. Hosted by Dev co-founders Ben Halpern and Jess Lee. Vida Heat, you want to say goodbye? Bye. Thanks for listening. See you next week. Mm-hmm.